We hung on, put a line out and shut down for about a half an hour, and then got our orders over the VHF radio to help the L&F out of a pier right near the mouth of the Gowanus Canal. It was going to be a light ship going to stream. The docking pilot told our mate to lay at the end of the pier and wait until he backed out of the slip. Then we were to get on the ship's port forward quarter to help the L&F push him west. In the meantime, the L&F was up in the slip at a ninety-degree angle to the ship's bow. She would pinch the starboard bow in, which in turn would bring the ship's stern off the pier, and then the pilot would have the ship come half astern. As the ship gained sternway and the L&F lay all stopped, her line would become taut and pull her bow around towards the ship. At the same time, because of the Ellen's weight, the line also pulled the ship's bow away from the pier so it was all clear. With an ebb tide, the pilot needed both tugs to get the bow going west quickly, while he came full ahead on the ship's propeller and a hard right rudder to make the turn in these very tight quarters. The Peter B. started to come up alongside the ship aft of the L&F. The ship was steam-powered. The L&F now came ahead getting lined up for the tip of the port bow. As soon as the pilot thought he could clear the next pierhead, he came ahead on the ship and blew his mouth whistle, signaling the Ellen to come full ahead on the port bow and the ship's whistle for us to do the same. Between the two tugs and the ship's propellers splashing and thumping away, we were turning pretty fast. The splashing was because she was light and the propeller was not fully submerged. Now, with even more headway on the ship, the pilot had both tugs go to one bell. We were almost flat against the ship's side now and sliding back. We did not have a line-out like the L&F to hold us in place. The pilot blew one long and two short on the ship's whistle to signal us to let go, or in this case, to get away. The ship was still turning to starboard, though, and this was pushing her stern to port, pressing us against the ship. We were still sliding back and couldn't peel off. The mate rang for full ahead and put the rudder over to port. This only put the port rail in the water, and we were still sliding back. Now, you could see and hear the ship's propeller getting closer. What you hear is more of a thump, thump, thump than a splash, splash, splash. If that propeller turning at that speed were to come in contact with our three-eighth-inch steel hull, it would slice right through it and keep slicing as it turned and we moved aft. No pump would ever keep up with the amount of water that would be coming in from the multiple slices, and we would sink in five minutes. "'Hook it up! Hook it up!' I yelled to Teddy. He shrugged and pointed to the throttle that was in the eighty-five percent position, and Teddy had never had it pass there. The mate tried to put the rudder to starboard now to bring our stern off as we were beginning to go under the stern counter of the ship towards the turning and thumping propeller. It's funny how your perspective changes when circumstances get a little Harry. The area near the mouth of the Gowanus Canal looked very small and close at the start of the job, but all of a sudden, in the dark, with few lights ashore and the deck lights of the tug limiting your far vision, the noise of the engine and the ship's propeller, the black water of the harbor looked very large and foreboding in this dangerous situation. Vic had gotten out of his bunk in his underwear and took the wheel from the mate. He rang another jingle that almost pulled the cowbell off the overhead. Teddy just stood there, not knowing what to do. I came in the engine room from the starboard side door and went under the shiny brass railing that went all around the top of the engine, reached over the railing on the far side, and grabbed the throttle handle. Teddy did not know what was happening and was confused, 
so he didn't try to stop me as I pulled the lever to its limit. At around the same time, or just before this, Captain Vic blew the alarm on the tug's horn. I remembered hearing it, but at the time all I could think of was the thump, thump, thump of the approaching propeller. The pilot, realizing what was happening, made a very clever maneuver. Instead of stopping or slowing the ship's wheel, which by that time would have gobbled us up anyway, he turned the rudder hard to port, moving the ship's stern away from us, and at the same time directing the wheel wash toward the Peter B. The ship's stern moving away, the tug's increase in engine speed, and Captain Vic using the rudder just the right amount allowed us to peel off without too much rudder. If he came too hard to port, we still would have gone under the stern counter and into the prop. We had just missed being sliced open and sunk.